Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Podcast. We are a family church and world outreach center. Our heart is to empower you to walk in true freedom and equip you to impact your world. Please visit our website at givinglight.org to learn more about us and our many resources, including original music by Grave Music, e-courses for leaders, tools for raising powerful kids, and more. If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. I want to speak a blessing over you. A lot of times uh, preachers wait until the end to speak a blessing, but I want you to be blessed before I speak the message. Praise the Lord. God is so good. You know, some of you might have heard this in a denominational church, but you know, the word of God is true whether you heard it in a denominational church or whether you hear it in a Pentecostal church. The word of God is true. And I want to tell you this, uh, you know, Katie was advertising about the Bible study and You know, every place where people are under bondage, they have removed the Word of God. You know, uh, the Chinese, uh, when I say Chinese, I'm not, I'm talking about the government. They removed the Bible from the internet. You can't, you can't get, you can't get a Bible app in China. You know, every place where they try to put people under bondage, they first remove the Bible. Why? Because if you read the Bible, you know that the truth will make you free. The truth will make you free. Hallelujah. You know, some truth isn't always pleasant. Come on now. You know, sometimes uh, after you go to church, you might have to go home and watch Mary Poppins. Because just a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. That's for the old people. Anyway, I have to preface this before I say it. Uh, I remember, uh, I, I like to ask questions when I'm preaching because I don't like to preach to non-participants. I want to know that you are engaged, that you are with me. Hallelujah. You know, it's uh, somebody said at once, if, you're, if you think you're leading and you turn around, nobody's there, you're just out for a walk. So I want to know that you're with me. Come on, let's go. Let's go. Let's get that mountain. Let's go up to the top. Thank you, Lord. But anyway, this one guy, you know, I like to ask questions, and uh, he confronted me after church, and he said, you're entrapping us. You're, you're making us look bad. Because, they, you know, he gave the wrong answer. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I felt bad for him, but I still ask questions. So I'm going to tell you that this is, might be a trick question that I'm going to ask you. What are we celebrating today? What? Oh, we're celebrating Jesus. You know, it got real quiet. We are not celebrating Halloween. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I'll tell you why. Well, uh, let me just tell you, Katie said something about who 
would Jesus want as visitors in the house? And who doesn't he want in the house? He does not want Mr. Grumpy in the house. He does not want Mr. Bitter in the house. He does not want Mr. Arrogant in the house. He wants Mr. Loving, Mr. Humble. And humble is though, it's not, it's not somebody that is a rug. It's somebody that hears the word of God and says, I'm going to do what you want me to do, Lord. You know, the Bible says that Moses was a humble man. But man, he put Pharaoh on his knees, didn't he? Bless the Lord. Well, that's not what we're here to talk about. I'll tell you what, we will not celebrate death because the thief comes to kill, steal, and to destroy. But Jesus said that I have come that you might have life and life more abundantly. Hallelujah. I want to just tell you this before, before we go on. You know, the Holy Spirit is here. You know, the Holy Spirit wants to move in your life. But you know what I found out? That you have, Paul said, you have to stir up the gift that is within you. Holy Spirit's in you. You have to stir it up, babe. You have to stir it up. <laughs> you have to stir up the gift of God that is on the inside of you. Because the Bible says that he will never leave you nor forsake you. Anybody saved here today? Yeah. Well, raise your hand because I... I want to see you're saved today. That means that you have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you. And the Bible says that he will never leave you nor forsake you. So even if you don't feel the Holy Spirit, he's in you and you have to stir him up. If you're saved, you stir him up. If you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you stir him up. Stir up the gift of God. You know, it's, have you ever given your child a gift at Christmas? Man, they rip open that box and they're just so excited. And then they see that whatever you gave them and they toss it to the side and they're ready for the next one. Come on, man. We've got the Holy Spirit on the inside of us, but we just threw him to the side. We're ignoring him. God says to stir up the gift. You know, God is kind of like this. If you don't appreciate what you have, he's not going to give you more. I'm trying to think of that scripture, but. He, if, you, if you are, here it is. If you're faithful in little things, God will give you more. So you have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. We're not celebrating death. We're celebrating life. You reap the seeds you identify with. You are always planting. Your words are planting. Your actions are planting. And you are reaping what you identify with. So we refused to celebrate death. I'd love to read it, but I just don't have time. I was told you need to just stick to the notes. Because I get off on so many trails. But you know, some of those trails go right to your house. <laughs> I remember, uh, I think it was Loretta's husband. He said, man, you were standing right outside of our bedroom last night. 
Hey, man, I did not stand outside of your bedroom last night. He said, you were, you were speaking about what we were, I don't know if he said arguing about or talking about. But, oh, that's right. I'm not going to say any more. But anyway, the Holy Ghost, the Father, the Lord Jesus Christ is in your house. And he, when I'm preaching, sometimes will just tell me, even though he's not pointing out who you are, I'm so glad. <laughs> Some of you don't remember me when, uh, but I used to have a lazy eye. When I'd look out of my right eye, my left eye would be back over at my left ear. And uh, people would go up the melody after church and say, your husband was looking at me at the whole service. <laughs> she says, well, what eye was he looking at? <laughs> you got to look, make sure you're looking at the right eye. But hallelujah. So anyway, in Deuteronomy chapter 30, I'm not going there, but in Deuteronomy 30, verse 19 and 20, I would suggest you read it. The Lord says, I set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life. You know, even after you get saved, you have choices. You have choices. You have choices to open the door to the enemy and you have choices to close the door to the enemy. The Bible says in Ephesians, give no place to the devil. Therefore, you have an opportunity to shut the door. And keep out the devil, shut the door. You have the opportunity, you have the ability, you still have a will. When you get saved, God doesn't take your will. He just wants your will to conform to his, and it's your choice. God doesn't take your free will away. So why did God allow? Because he gave you a free will. Why did God allow this to happen? You know, I just I, uh, A lot of things happen not because of God or the devil. They happen because of our poor choices. Let's get moving right along. Thank you, Lord. Jesus said, Jesus is, said, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. We celebrate life. I am, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He said, I came that you might have life and life more abundantly. What are we here to celebrate? We're here to celebrate life. But I'll tell you what, there's another thing that happened in, on October 31st, 1517. Anybody know what that is? That's the Reformation Day. That's when Martin Luther went and he nailed on the church door, he couldn't nail on ours because we have a steel door, but he nailed the 95 thesis on the door. 
And he was, he was putting on the abuses of the church. And he said, and he didn't, Martin Luther was not trying to start a new denomination. He was trying to bring correction. But one of the things, well, one of the things was uh, they were trying to remodel St. Peter's Basilica. And so they sent a, uh, a guy by the name of Johann Tenzel out, and he would go around and tell people that if you buy one of these indulgences, you can get out of, you can get out of hell free. And if, and if you have family members in purgatory and you buy one, they can get out of jail free. He said, as soon as the coin clinks in the can, your loving mother will be set for something like that. But the reality is, is that's not in the word. The reality is, well, as a matter of fact, the, the guy that was the uh, Frederick III, who was lord over that area, he said oh, he wouldn't let Tinsel come in. So the people went to other towns, and people were coming back, and they were showing uh, Martin Luther their, their indulgence, and they said, we don't have to repent of our sins anymore. You know that you know there are people saying that today? You Christians, you don't have to repent of your sin anymore. Well, I'll tell you what. If it was me, I would repent of my sins. You say, Pastor, you sin? Not every day, but sometimes. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. But uh, Martin Luther had a revelation. And let me just use another word. He had an illumination. Have you ever been reading the Bible and all of a sudden a verse just popped out at you? Nobody? Oh, you're reading the Bible and bam, this verse comes alive. That is a revelation or an illumination. And so Martin Luther was reading his Bible. Remember I said the truth, Jesus said the truth shall make you free. He said this, uh, he read this in Romans 1.16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. From faith to faith. Now, we know God's righteous, correct? How many of you are righteous? He gives you a gift of righteousness. But the enemy wants to tell you that you are unrighteous, you are unworthy, God doesn't really like you, he might save you so you don't go to hell, but he really doesn't like you. But no, the gift of righteousness takes all of that shame, takes all of that unworthiness and removes it. And, and he says in Hebrews, remember the study in Hebrews? Yep. 
He says in Hebrews, come boldly before the throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Grace is not just, grace isn't a thing you receive that, you know, if you sin, you're just going to get forgiven. No, grace is an empowerment. And when you go to the Lord, he gives you grace and he gives you empowerment so that you can withstand the onslaught of the enemy. How many, how many have ever had an onslaught? How many, how many you've ever had it to where it just seemed everything is going wrong today? How, some, most of you don't remember hee-haw, so. But there was a song that said, they used to sing on there all the time, if it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. That's the way a lot of Christians act. They, 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 they go through life and, you know, everything's a misery. You know, read the Bible. Read the Bible and find out you are to rejoice in the Lord when you feel like it. No, he says rejoice in the Lord always. And in case you didn't get it the first time, he says again, I say Rejoice. Hallelujah. So faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So any country or any nation or even any church that wants to keep the word of God away from you is doing you disservice because it is the truth that makes us free. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, not the opinions of men not the dead works trying to get approval from God because you are already approved. You know, when you woke up this morning before you had your coffee, you were already approved. Well, pastor, I let the sun go down on my wrath. Well, I'd repent. But God, through the blood of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, has made you acceptable in the beloved. You are acceptable. How many of you lived in a house where you everything you did was wrong? Nothing you did was right. So the best thing was out of sight, out of mind. <laughs> Hallelujah. But that's not the way it is in God's house. I just used to love, I didn't have one, but I was always envious when I was in, um, when I was in the Baptist church as a young boy. Some of those uh, kids my age would be carrying a Bible and had pictures on the outside of the Bible. You ever seen a Bible cover with pictures on the outside of it? You saw Jesus sitting down with a bunch of kids and he was just loving on them. Man, I sure wish I'd have had me a Bible like now. I don't need it now because I know Jesus loves me. <laughs> so don't go get me one. But I remember just loving that Bible because it, it demonstrated a God who loved us. You know, and kids are kids. Do you know that a child, a child could have a word of knowledge could lay hands on you and you be healed and then go turn around and hit some other kid in the mouth. <laughs> because it's not your perfection that causes God to move through you. 
If he waited until we were all perfect, nothing would ever happen. Nothing would ever. Well, did you see that kid? I would, I'd like to say that I saw you, though. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Let's get on. Christ, Christ paid with his own blood, not only for, our, for the forgiveness of sins, but, our, but for our complete cleansing as well. His blood pay, gave us power over Satan. You know, somebody, somebody, some preacher came up one time, not to me, came up to another preacher one time and says, I've got the devil on the run. The other preacher said, well, that's good. Yeah, he's been chasing me. <laughs> he's been chasing me. No, the devil, ain't, the devil isn't supposed to be chasing you. You turn around. The Bible says, submit yourself to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you as if in terror or agony. He runs. The Bible says the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in behalf of those whose heart is perfect towards him. How many of you think God cannot run the devil? So he can get there before the enemy shows up. It's my personal belief that God plans ahead. It is my personal belief that God knows what you're going to go through and he sends his angels ahead of time to prepare the answer for your need. How do I know that? Because Jesus was the Lamb of God slain before the foundation of the world. Before anybody ever sinned, Jesus in the mind of God was slain before the foundation of the world. So you are covered. You just have to respond. Thank you, Lord. All mankind are created by God, but all are not sons and daughters of the living God. How do I do that? I open my heart to Jesus and I say, Lord, I believe you died on the... First of all, Lord... Lord, I believe you died on the cross for my sin. I believe you rose again from the dead. And I open my heart and make you Savior. And I ask you to cleanse me with your blood. One fella told me one time, that's too simple. Hey, man, keep it simple. <laughs> my lightning fast brain couldn't come up with something else. But keep it simple, Steve. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You know, our original parents believed the lives, the lives of the father of lies and became the first to disobey God. Let me just say this. Disobedience disempowers us. Remember, the wages of sin is death. So disobedience never empowers you, it disempowers you. Thank you, Jesus. God didn't remove, God didn't remove Adam and Eve's power. They gave it to the enemy. 
That's why, that's why the enemy has authority in the earth because people keep giving him their authority. And even as a Christian, if you give the enemy authority, God will let you do it. But God says, no, he says, submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you as if in terror. Thank you, Lord. So if disobedience disempowers us, what does obedience do? It empowers us. Peter said in Acts chapter 5, 29, he says, but Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than men. And the reason he said that was because they had already been warned by the Sadducees, do not speak anymore in the name of Jesus. Why don't they want you speaking in the name of Jesus? Because there's power in the name of Jesus. Do you know people can get saved by that name? People can get saved by that name, healed by that name, and set free from Satan's bondage in that name. So Jesus, 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 Jesus. Let his name be on your lips. And not in cursing either. You know, nobody ever says, oh, in cursing, oh, Buddha. (laughs) Harry Krishna. You know. Oh, Confucius, whatever. Who do they mock? It's Jesus. Why? Because there's power in the name of of Jesus, but we with authority and power and praise and respect, when we say that name, it releases the power of God not only in our lives but in the lives of others. That's why they said, that's why uh, Peter said, We ought to obey God rather than men. For the God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you murdered by hanging on a tree, him. God has exalted to the right hand to be prince and savior, to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. Now, I I need to qualify this. This is before the church knew that the Gentiles could be saved. So that's why Peter said, yeah, God, God gives Israel repentance. Well, guess what? He gives you repentance too. Thank you, Lord. He says this, and we are his witnesses of these things and also is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. Obedience empowers you. Do you think the Holy Spirit empowers you in your disobedience? Do you think the Holy Spirit empowers you in your sin? No, he doesn't. But when you want to turn and repent and you want to follow God and you want to bring his light and life to the world, he empowers you. I don't want to be a weakling in Jesus. The Holy Spirit is here now. You are empowered now. I don't feel empowered. You are living in revival now. You just have to stir up the gift. Thank you, Lord. You know, I was hungry yesterday for something 
that was sweet. And I'm not usually a sweet guy. I mean, I'm a sweet guy, but not a sugar guy. I'm not a sugar daddy. Anyway. So I thought there has to be something that I can make. And my brain started thinking of these no-bake cookies. But then I went online and I found these no-bake energy balls. A really simple recipe. It's oats, oats, and uh, they said honey, but I didn't use honey. I used gava. And uh, chocolate chips. How many of you can get into some chocolate chips? Chocolate chips and peanut butter. You know, peanut butter and chocolate go pretty good together. The only, uh, and the, the energy part was the flaxseed. I was thinking, man, these taste better if you didn't have that in there. But, <laughs> but we need our energy, don't we? And so I made those, and they're good. Hallelujah. But you know what? I had to stir the pot. Say, I thought you said there's no bake. Well, you had, to, you had to mix the ingredients together and you had to get the spoon in there and you had to stir it up. Man, I, you know, I can eat raw oats, no problem. Be a little hard for me to eat that ground flaxseed, <laughs> you know. I wouldn't want to just guzzle a, a bunch of gava. But you know, when you mix those things together, it's such a treat. I could probably down a few chocolate chips. But, <laughs> but what, what, what am I saying here? You have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, and you're praying, oh, Lord, send the power, and he's already sent it. Yeah. Oh, Lord, I want your presence. He's already sent it. Just stir it up. Stir it up. Stir up the power of God. Hallelujah. All right, James. James chapter 4, verse 5. What are we talking about? We're talking about obedience. I want to read this from another translation if I can get... Oh, there it is. But in James chapter 5, 4, I'm sorry, 4, and verse 5, he says, does the scripture... Now, I have to just kind of give you the end text. He was... He was rebuking them because they were fighting and bickering with each other. Aren't you glad you're not in a church like that? Aren't you glad you're not in a home like that? Hallelujah. But these people were. They were fighting and bickering with each other. And so he says, does the scripture mean nothing to you that says the spirit that God breathes into your hearts is a jealous lover who intensely desires to have more and more of us. In other words, when we walk in disobedience, we disempower ourselves and we, and we resist his presence. Not that he left, but we resist his presence. I remember uh, when I was first came back to the Lord, and I was reading in the psalm, uh, the famous psalm I used to quote a lot, created me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence, 
O Lord, and take not your Holy Spirit from me. I remember my brother asked me, he said, does God really take the Holy Well, I didn't at that time. I didn't know. Take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Well, that's the Old Testament scripture. In the New Testament, Jesus said, when you're washed in the blood, well, Jesus didn't say when you're washed in the blood, but his blood washes you and the Bible says that he will never leave you nor forsake you, but sometimes we don't feel him. We don't feel him because we're not walking in obedience. We're not walking in obedience. He says, but he continues to pour out more grace, more and more grace upon us. For it says, God resists the proud, but continually pours out grace when you are humble. Humble. Humble thyself in the sight of the Lord and he will put his heel on you, grind you down. No. It says he will lift you up. Man, I found out when I started lifting him up, he started lifting me up. I wanted to tell you this, Donna, before I got it. It doesn't have anything to do with this, but I was singing the the song um, Ancient of Days came to me. And I started singing it. Of course, I went on YouTube to have Ron Canoli help me. And man, I started singing that and I just started, I just started crying like a baby. Your kingdom shall reign over all the earth. Sing unto the ancient of days. For none can compare to your matchless worth. Sing unto the ancient of days. Man, when you exalt him, he'll lift you up. He'll lift you up. Thank you, Lord. But he doesn't stop there. My phone does. Thank you, Lord. Oh, bless the Lord, oh, my soul. I forget it. But anyway, he goes on to say, submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from... Isn't that empowering? Isn't that... What, what is so great about heaven? There's no devil there. There's no, there's no temptation there. There's no... Shame there. There's no rivalry in heaven. There was rivalry in heaven once, but God kicked it out. <laughs> Hallelujah. I think, I think he's waiting for us to get rid of the rivalry that is even on the inside of us. Have you ever argued with yourself? Hey, God wants you to get rid of the rivalry that's on the inside of you. Thank you, Lord. So obedience to God in the natural things opens the door to his power. Oh, Lord. I remember, uh, this is new to some people, but I remember for a year I was in this, we were living in this particular house and uh, Melody and the kids were upstairs sleeping. I'd be downstairs praying, reading the word. And at, late in the night, I'd want to turn off the lights and go up the stairs. And as soon as I'd turn off the light and put my foot on that step, I felt a claw, a spiritual claw. Just gripped the back of my neck and fear 
started to try to overpower me. Well, I said, in the name of Jesus, I take authority over you. And and it didn't go away. If I left that light on, that fear wouldn't come. So I was tempted by the enemy to leave that light on. But you know what? I didn't yield to that. I turned that light off. I, you know, when it would come, I'd say in the name of Jesus, I take authority over you. And for a year, that happened to me. A year, say a year. That's a long time. But you know what? God doesn't want us to just spout off the name of Jesus. He wants us to listen to him every once in a while. Every once in a while. It sounds like a song, but anyway. So I remember I turned out the light. I put my step and that familiar claw came. And I heard a voice say, laugh. Well, man, I didn't feel like laughing. I had this claw in the back of my neck. So I just, well, this has to be God. Ha, 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 ha. That was the best I could do. Ha, 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 ha. I heard another voice. So what are you laughing at? I said, I'm laughing at you, devil. <laughs> and you know what? That thing left and never came back. What was that? When you respond to God and do the natural thing. Oh, but I don't want to look like a fool. Well, you're too late. <laughs> you might as well obey God. You might as well obey God and let God move through your life. Hallelujah. I got a couple of more stories. Bless the Lord. Let me just say this. Getting rid of occult stuff like jewelry and idols and stuff will cleanse your house. I don't have time to go into it, but uh, after I left home, there... uh, there were satanic manifestations. Satanic manifestations that were happening in my parents' house. And so my, my mother would levitate off the bed. She wasn't trying to do it. My dad would be laying in bed, and it, he felt the presence of wolves come into his bedroom. I said, well, what'd you do? He said, I covered up my head. And they would, these spirits would jump on the bed and they'd like walk around. And so anyway, and another story, but I remember we, I think it was a Thanksgiving or Christmas family get together. You know, my dad didn't talk much about spiritual things, but I guess he got desperate. So he came up to me and he says, he told me what was happening and He said, what do I do about it? I said, you just say in the name of Jesus, I command you to leave now in Jesus' name. Do you know what? The enemy has to bow his knee to the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. So what's another thing we can do? Well, we can get rid of our anger. Be angry and sin not. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Do you know that bitterness opens the door? Jealousy opens the door. Fear opens the door. Man, 
your house should be a house of peace. When people walk in, yeah, tell you what, I've been a pastor for a couple of years. And I would, I would go over to people's house and man, it was thick. You could cut it with a knife. I'm not talking about the love either. You know, just because you clean things up and you're saying sweet things to each other, that five minutes ago doesn't leave. Unless you command it to go in your repentance. Thank you, Lord. So it's just natural things to do. How many of you have ever heard of any, uh, have you ever heard in the Bible some, a word called rejoice? Well, the Bible says that the joy of the Lord is your strength. Do you know that science is actually starting to discover that body posturing empowers your soul? Do you know what? When you get up in the mirror, who, what do you see? And you look in the mirror, what do you see? Do you see somebody that's angry? Do you see somebody that's fearful? Do you see somebody that's depressed? If you do, then start rejoicing. So, well, I don't know how to do it. Just smile. Just smile. You know, if nobody else is going to smile at you, you might as be the one. Might as well be the one. I have discovered that just smiling starts to put off the things that the enemy tries to hold me bound with. Thank you, Lord. Well, how about shout? Psalm 100, verse 1, make a joyful shout unto the Lord. Well, pastor, I just, you know, uh, that's the Old Testament. And, uh, well, I thought the Bible said all scripture is given by inspiration of God. Do you know that when, when Paul wrote that, there wasn't a New Testament? So what scripture was he talking about? All scripture. It was Old Testament. So when he says, shout, Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Do you know that gladness is a choice? If you're waiting for, if you're waiting for something exterior to make you glad, you'd be waiting a long time. Shout. He says again, Serve the Lord with gladness. I don't have time to go there because I'm wrapping this up. This is my first wrap up. (laughs) He says in Deuteronomy chapter 28, because you did not serve the Lord with gladness, you will serve your enemies. Yeah, I didn't say that. Scripture said that. Well, that's the Old Testament, Pastor. But all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. So what do I have to do? You know, again, gladness is a choice. So I choose to be glad when I'm serving the Lord. I choose to, you know, life is, life is a service to God. Living is a, serv- is a service to God. So if I am glad, especially if I make other people glad, Did I make you glad today? Good, okay. (laughs) I was raised in a church where they didn't make you glad. 
they made you mad. So I decided, you know, sometimes you learn better by what, uh, uh, sometimes you learn better about what not to do. You know, sometimes we have to confront things, but the reality is, is people already know and they're already in shame. They know what they're doing. They're in shame, but they need to be released from that power and know that God still loves them. When Jesus, when the, when God poured out his spirit and he pours it out on all flesh, does he just do it to the righteous? No, he pours out his, his flat, he pours out his spirit upon the wicked as well. Sometimes that's how the wicked turn around. Turn around. If you don't like the way you're going, turn around. Seems like, oh, you know, seems like everything bad's coming my way. Have you ever stood out in the Susquehanna River? And you just look at it, it's just all that water's coming to you. If you don't like that, turn around. And it starts going away from you. <laughs> turn it around. Late in the midnight hour, God's going to turn it around. He's going to work in your favor. He's going to turn it around and around and around and around. Well, I got to get you to smile somehow. I just want to, you know, I just want to say this. Jesus loves you wherever you are at. The Bible says, I came into, I, Jesus said, I came into the world to seek and to save that which is lost. He didn't come to seek the perfect. He came to seek the lost. You say, who are the lost? The lost are those who have not realized that God loves them and God opens the door for them to come into his house and to be a part of his family. Well, we already talked about how to do it, but I'm going to do it again. He says this, he says, if we can, um, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart, man believes to righteousness. The gift of righteousness comes to you when you begin to confess what Jesus said about you. Righteousness comes your way. And the Bible says, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Anybody, any, do we have any whoever's in here? Whosoever? We're all a whosoever. But if you haven't made that move, I ask you to do it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. Lord, that you have given a Savior because we couldn't save ourselves. So we confess, we believe that Christ died on the cross for our sins. We believe he rose again from the dead. Therefore, I open my heart to him. Let's, let's say this together. I believe in my heart, in my heart that Christ died on the cross for my sin. He was made a curse for me that I might receive the blessing. I confess him as Lord. 
I confess him as Savior. And I receive a new father. The Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. I don't think I... Did I bless you? I never did. I waited until the end of the sermon. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious. You know what that means? That means he's smiling at you. He's not looking at you with angry face. His face is shining on you with love. He sees the value because you're his creature. And now you're his child. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. What's that? Lift up his countenance upon you. That means to look upon you with favor. God looks upon you with favor. Amen. I'm going to ask the healing team, the prayer team to come up. Thank you, Lord. Got something? Okay. Um, someone dealing with headaches? I heard hips and then also right about here, pain. Well, I confirmed the hip word because every time I come in here on Sunday morning, we start worship, I get a sharp pain in my hip. So that ain't me. So God bless you. Let's stand. If you'd like prayer for anything, these people are willing and able to pray for you. They desire to. So, Father, I bless your people in the name of Jesus. I thank you. You love them. You make your face to shine upon them. You give them peace in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.